good day, and welcome back. Or for any first-time listeners, welcome to Making It Work, a show about doing what you can with what you have where you're at. In this show, we use personal stories of how people achieved their goals, no matter how big or small, by making it work with what they had at the time and growing from there. Think Bob Ross meets Bob the Builder, where happy little accidents meets the yes-we-can attitude. I'm your host, Michael Pluhacek. Father, husband, service member, firefighter, small business owner, and tinkerer. So, if you've been listening, you know on these first 10 episodes, we're focusing more on some tips and tricks to help anyone who may have been having trouble starting on their goals, whether it's because you're never exposed to certain principles or you're overwhelmed by your thoughts, this is definitely the place to be. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, making mistakes. Why is this one of my favorite topics, you ask? Well, I'm a man full of mistakes, and I'll admit that openly. However, I have few regrets to speak of. And isn't that what buries us over time? Not the mistakes we make, but the regrets we breed from the mistakes we never made. Well, today I wanted to talk about why mistakes are a good thing, as long as you have the right mindset, and why they're one of your most useful assets when you apply what you've learned from them. Nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. Edmund Burke Let's dissect this one for a moment before we dive into Edmund Burke and his history. This is a powerful foreshadowing of the regret one will have at the end of their time if they never went out and took a risk or overreached their current mindset. We fear trying new things, things that require risk, or anything that makes us uncomfortable. But it's an absolute in life that you won't reach those high up goals if you aren't willing to stretch out past your comfort zone. A comfort zone is conjured up and defined by the human brain to avoid a high allostatic load. This is the cost of chronic exposure to elevated or fluctuating endocrine or neural responses. In layman's terms, a comfort zone is the body's way of maintaining homeostasis, equilibrium, or the status quo to protect itself from the hormones and neural responses of stress. However you want to phrase it. Modern science provides us with many theories on the neurobiology and psychology of risk-taking, yet still leaves us with as many questions as it does answers. There are thousands, if not millions, of genetic variations that affect one's natural comfort with risk-taking. There's the DRD4 dopamine receptor, neurotransmitter glutamate, the inhibitor GABA, and so on. These are further complicated by psychological phenomena, which occur based on life experiences. Now, before we get sucked into what can easily be a 10-hour rabbit hole about neurobiology, psychology, risk-taking habits, risk homeostasis, learned helplessness, DRD4, physical manifestations of psychological and microbiological processes, let's define the boundaries of today's topic, and we will revisit all these other topics for discussion down the road, I promise. Today, we want to go over why mistakes are valuable to us, right? Well, in order to make mistakes, you have to do new things or at least things you have rarely done. Inherently, this is in and of itself considered a risk. 
but what we want to visualize in our journey together through this episode isn't the kind of mistake like dropping pizza dough on the ground while learning the most wicked pie tosses working at Papa John's in high school. And yes, that was a personal reference. The kind of risks and mistakes that we're talking about are about getting yourself to make the big ones. Starting a new job, committing to a relationship, starting a business, learning a new skill. All of these things can be terrifying, and often, we avoid these risks altogether for fear of failing. After all, if everything we did in life was guaranteed to end in success, would we ever relegate ourselves to a comfort zone? So back to Edmund Burke. Very political and philosophical guy. Irish-born, served in British Parliament. He was actually born from an Anglo-Norman dynasty established all the way back in the 1100s. He spoke heavily on U.S. colonial treatment prior to the Revolution. Use this as a time frame for reference. He didn't agree with British policies on the American colonies like taxes and authority enforcement on the colonies. He was against slavery, so much so that he introduced a bill to ban slave owners from being able to serve in the House of Commons. He did not believe that slavery was compatible with the British definition of liberty. He was against imperialism and imperial action. If you don't know what that is, it's establishing and ruling foreign colonies in layman's terms. And he focused much of his effort in the House of Commons on relations with India, attempting to halt the damage imperialism was doing to the Indian culture. And the impeachment of Warren Hastings of the East India Company, or East India Trading Company, And interesting tidbit on the East India Trading Company, they were actually the first publicly traded company in the history of the world and accounted for half of the world's trade all the way from the mid-1700s to the early 1800s. Now, Burke wrote extensively on foreign relations, inherent human rights, liberty, and the need for policy reform in a variety of areas. He became very well-known, and is well-known to this day, for his philosophical perspectives on life, working, politics, and achievement. It's safe to say old Eddie was capable of discerning mistakes and learning from them. It's my hope that these words will allow you to see your mistakes as opportunities to learn from as well. Because, you see, if we have the right mindset, mistakes are never a failure, but an opportunity to grow. To make even more of a point, Consider the Zen proverb that follows. It takes a wise man to learn from his mistakes. It takes an even wiser man to learn from others. In fact, I want to make this crystal clear for those in the back. Making mistakes actually improves your brain function. Much in the same way that lifting weights and exercising creates a demand on the body to adapt, psychologist Dr. Jason Moser found that making mistakes activates neurobiological processes and pathways which cause an adaptation response. Let that sink in. Making mistakes helps you grow, not just philosophically, but biologically. You might have heard of a growth mindset or the belief that challenges, obstacles, effort exerted, criticism, and the seeing success of others are all helpful and positive things. And you may know that the opposite mindset of that is considered a fixed mindset, or one that views challenges as a nuisance, effort as useless, obstacles and stopping points, and criticism as useless and negative. Well, 
if you fall into the latter mindset, you'll likely see life as happening to you, or that you're at the mercy of life and the people in your environment. You'll see your mistakes as weight around your ankles, the criticism of others as a cause to stop trying. But if you can put yourself in a growth mindset, one where challenges and obstacles are an opportunity to prove how bad you want something, you can use criticism as a feedback loop to improve yourself and be happy in experiencing the success of others. Then you can consider your mistakes and the mistakes of others as some of your biggest assets. No one is perfect, and if you're not making mistakes regularly, you likely aren't pushing yourself. Some people get comfortable and complacent, and for some people, that is absolutely okay. But if you're here, if you're still listening, there's a higher chance that you have some goals that you want to accomplish and you're trying to figure out how to get there. That takes trying, and oftentimes that means making mistakes too. I don't know you, and you don't know me, and I don't know how often you make mistakes, but I make them daily. I would even be so bold as to say hourly. And it took me time to learn how to admit my mistakes, how to recognize the mistakes of others, and how to apologize for the mistakes I've made as well. But that was one of the most, if not the most, valuable lessons I've learned in my life so far, both for my goals and aspirations, and for the relationships in my life. Admitting to our mistakes is the only way we can learn from them. And if we don't learn from them, we're just being stubborn and ignorant. And no one likes being thought of as ignorant. This is usually the part where I give examples of how the principle of the episode is applied. But I'm pretty sure we all know exactly how owning our mistakes is helpful in life. It can help you change your thought process, change your perspective of a situation, help you realize when you're in the wrong and not someone else. It can help you find new solutions, resolve conflict, and literally develop your brain. Alright, to tie it all together, since you've probably noticed my squirrel brain and rabbit holes by now, the overarching point of this episode is twofold. First of all, do not let the fear of making mistakes stop you from taking action. And second, you should cherish the mistakes you've made and the mistakes of others because you learn far more from getting it wrong than getting it right. We've all had those bad managers who showed us exactly how not to act or lead others, and we've been in relationships we know we must avoid for our own mental health. We know how not to cook that one meal we royally messed up, but now that may even be our favorite meal of all time, and it's delicious. Mistakes are healthy, and they mean you're growing and progressing towards something. But if... Like Edmund Burke said, we do nothing because we can only do a little right now, we'll never get where we want to be. Being embarrassed is not an excuse to avoid making mistakes. In fact, people who are okay with making mistakes and are less concerned about the opinions and judgments of others live statistically happier lives and achieve more of their deep-seated goals. How easily you're embarrassed can actually be an indicator of your chances of success in reaching your goals. Avoiding situations which you perceive as potential sources of embarrassment, e.g. social gatherings, public speaking opportunities, networking events, etc., can be the very reason one doesn't align their skills and abilities with the opportunities they need to achieve success. Winston Churchill, Britain's prime minister through World War II, and then again a few years after, was quoted saying, 
Success is the ability to go from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. And boy, isn't that the truth. Oftentimes, that cognitive dissonance between what we say we believe about ourselves and how we physically act causes either our actions or our thoughts to change, or both. Our minds can't handle the gap between what we believe in and what we do through action, and this fear of embarrassment or rejection is a major influence on so many people giving up on their goals and settling for the comfort they're sitting in, even if that comfort isn't what they want in life. I want to leave you with these words from Jack Ma, founder of Alibaba. And if you don't know what Alibaba is, it is the world's second largest online commerce company, rivaled only by Amazon itself. You know, I'm not good at learning schools. I failed for three times for entering university. In my life, I never thought I would be able to speak here and ever even brave enough to say I want to be a student of Moscow University. So, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for sharing. About the questions that I have a lot of terrible experience, made a lot of mistakes when I was young, and child. I think if you succeed, every mistake become a legendary. If you fail, that's just garbage. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody has great stories. Everybody had a lot of mistakes. Everybody have a lot of problems. But very few people listen to you. One day when you become successful, people listen to you and say, wow, you are great. I'm not that great. I was born in a normal family, and I'm not good at schooling. Of course, I tried to study hard, but as a boy, you know, my school was not that good at that time. So I failed looking for jobs, looking for joining university, joining good schools. But I never give up. And I think there's one thing I learned is that um, why, why you should have a chance to be successful. Everybody should get used to, be, get used to fail, but not get used to be accepted by other people. Why other people should help you? You should earn the right to be helped. So, the thing I learned is that don't give up. My opportunity has not come yet. When everybody complains, that is the opportunity. I always thought, when I was young, when I was in, in the high school or university, I thought Bill Gates took off my job. You know, Bill Gates did all the successful things. Larry Erickson from Oracle, they, they took all the wonderful opportunities. IBM benefit. We people have no opportunity. And I think I aim too high. I should aim to support and help the people around me. Do tiny things. I never thought I could be today. 
After 18 years, Alibaba become today's size. Not because I'm smart. I don't think I'm a smart person. But I have I work with a lot of smart people. And most smart people, they always want to do successful things, quick, easy things. And I think it's not easy to be successful quickly. Every time, everything we do, we prepare for ten years. I know I'm not smart. If we want to be successful, we have to win ten years later. If we want to be successful, we have to work with smart people. If we want to be successful, we should make a lot of mistakes and never give up. A lot of people they make mistake, they have problem, they give up. We never give up. We learn from mistakes. And I think when we feel the message, the experience that I want to give you, the advice I want to give you, you will judge when this person will be successful or not by when he feel he thinks it's his fault or the other fault. If he thinks my fail because of the others, this guy has no chance. Those people who fail always think, hmm, it is my fault. I did not do it properly. I should change here or change there. These guys have opportunities. So I learn a lot from those people who fail. I learn a lot from those people who made mistakes. I learn a lot from my mistakes. So this is what I when I this is my life attitude. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Making It Work. If you know anyone else who may benefit from this, please do share. There's no more powerful way to build a community than by word of mouth from a trusted friend. If you'd like to support this podcast and the educational videos on YouTube, please feel free to visit and support us through Patreon at Patreon.com/onebetter. That's Patreon.com/forward/slash/the-number-one-better. Even small donations or monthly subscriptions will allow us to spend less time building or fixing things. And more time showing you guys how to. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be humble and stay hungry.